nakedness, betrayal, sadness. We're thankful that in the resurrection, Jesus gave us a promise that there's something more. There is something eternal that you have now a deposit. Because, and also last week we talked about that in the resurrection, we are something new now. God didn't just upgrade us or recycle us. He gave us something completely new in the resurrection of Jesus. Last week, remember, I shared from 2 Corinthians 5, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. And the point of that is to understand that all of us, though we do not see it on the outside, the moment I believe in Jesus does not change my hairstyle, does not change what I look like or how tall I am, but in the inside, we were made entirely new. When Jesus returns, yes, even your body, your temporary tent that will expire, that will become dust, is done away with and will receive our new heavenly body. But still, who we are in Christ, we are made perfect. So we cannot judge anybody based on the flesh, but we ju judge ourselves as we are righteous, as we are children of God, as we are born again. You know, Instead of seeing the world, instead of seeing ourselves according to the light of God and to see it in the ways, when we say according to flesh, it's according to the world, right? According to human point of view. Have we seen example of what happens when you keep judging people, regarding people, not according to who they are in Christ, but what they do as under flesh? When that happens, obviously, it's going to create the opposite of the kingdom of God. And I don't know if you've been looking at the uh, news these days, but these days the major news channels have been, I think, a big part in regarding, in, in highlighting what it is like to re regard people according to the flesh. I, I found that something, you know, something interesting with the pandemic season that we've been, I don't know if this is something that just I noticed or is, is going on, but when you take politics, right, politics involves the making the laws about policies about, you know, how much money, who's going to, what the money's going to do, what the medicine's going to do, what the economy's going to do, all of that. When you take that and you put pandemic, what you get is you get polemic. Does that make sense? Yeah, you put the words together, you get polemic. What polemic is simply means is arguing, but it's the power of X. I don't know about you guys, but everything now you see on TV, it's just so toxic, Right? It's no longer just telling things, news as it is, but it's all skewed. I think no one here would say, Pastor Ngon, the news has no bias. The news, news is so objective. The, every reporter is so objective to the truth, the whole truth, right? It is like you turn on TV and it's like a war going on of the media. And the polemic means you're arguing, you're fighting against each other. And no longer are we discussing, having a healthy discussion in the country about what to do to better ourselves. But the point is now we see that the world, the way that the world regards each other is that you have to kill the others. You have to destroy your opponent. You have to, those that disagree with you, you have to get rid of them. You have to destroy, you have to erase them. It is very sad what is happening. And, and I hope you're not taking all of that in and letting that influence you and letting that create that polemic, that, that struggle, that it would impact you. I, I know for sure um, back when the whole um, uh, George Floyd and all of that thing was happening, there was so much things that was uncovered. I felt it 
affecting me in a way that here's the problem. The truth is very sad. The truth of injustice is very alarming. It's something we should all be arised and all take part in. But the problem with the news is that it only tells you what is wrong, right? This is what I thought. If the world, the way the world judges things is they see what is wrong, but they do not have a solution. Does that make sense? Imagine if the news you're watching for the last year and a half Imagine if half the time, yes, they, they showed how bad things are. They tell you all the shocking things, all the shooting and all the racism and all the Asian racism, hatred. All of that was shown. Yes, let's, let's find out what is wrong. But imagine if they spend 50% of the remaining time talking about, encouraging people, highlighting ways that we can be a solution. But no, the news is simply saying, using those, these sad situations to take to become a, 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 how should I say, empower their own voice and their direction, their, their power, their politics against the other side. Imagine if the news, for the second step further, not only are they highlighting, I was thinking about this, I know pandemic is so bad. I know that the, there's so many things, people are dying and, and businesses are closing, but what if the news decided Let's change our tone a little bit. Let's not just look at what's obvious, but let's look at what is good. What are the things that are good things that are being done in the community? And why don't we use our news time where so many people are watching to tell people what are the good things that are happening that people can come and rally? And how can they become a solution to heal and to reconcile? And not just to make the other side more angry, right? It's like the news only points out one part of the story that makes the other side angry and continue to fight. And that's how they make money. I'm guessing the people who are funding these news, news reporters or, or want them, have control over them, are creating a narrative that is not from heaven's point of view. I mean, imagine, just take another step forward. Maybe if they just took 10% of the time and started preaching the gospel. Imagine if every news, news just realized, you know, as human beings, from our point of view, we're hopeless. There's no other solution. Why don't we just talk about what's beyond this world, Jesus Christ, the gospel. I'm sure if that happened, if every news channel every night started presenting the gospel and sharing and teaching from scripture every day, Jesus would come back in a week. But as it is now, we have to recognize what we see in the world. According to the flesh, we have no hope but to fight against each other, destroy those who disagree, and to silence the voice that make us rub the wrong way. It's very scary. It's very damaging that we are currently experiencing. Whatever the issue may be, the news does not help you solve it. The news simply makes, puts a finger on the wound without giving us the medicine. That's why today I came to our passage today in 1 Corinthians 12. As I thought about God, what is so good about the resurrection? Is it just eternal life? Is it the fact that I am now righteous? Is, is that the extent of the resurrection? No. I want to show you today in our passage that Jesus offers us something. The resurrection offers what the world is missing. Look what it says. In verse 12, we just read, it said, Just as a body, the one has many parts. All of you, we understand that we're very complex. We're beautifully and, and, and fearfully made by God. The science in all our body, it's incredible, right? But all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. 
Verse 13 says, For we were what all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, we, are, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Look at this, what I highlighted here, the word baptized. Paul reminds the, the church in Corinthians, right? And the, the church in Corinthians is kind of like America right now, right? There's so much division. There's just the main problem. Even Paul, who, fund, who founded this church, who, who literally brought it into life, they were dividing against him. They were rebelling against him. So this is the right context for us to listen to what, what Paul is reminding a divided church. He says, you were baptized by one spirit. Friends, baptism is the first act of obedience and faith that all of you have taken or should take as you begin your journey as a Christian disciple. You cannot start, be a disciple without this simple and small but meaningful act of baptism. Because in baptism, this is a quick one-on-one -on -one baptism. When you go under the water in the baptism, what is that representing? When you're being placed on the, uh, when you go get to the pastor and they put you under the water, I hope you're not there thinking, what are you doing to me, right? And freaking out. That represents you are dead. You have been buried with Christ. When Jesus, was when Jesus died on the cross and he was buried, you, your sinful nature, your, your broken nature, your, your eternally judged nature, the deserving of wrath, the good for nothing, just bag of dirt self was buried. That's what it means when you get baptized and you go under the water. But what happens, you don't keep you there. We, keep, we bring you out of the water because coming out of the water represents that you also, now that you died with Christ, you have risen with Christ into new life, into everlasting life, into a new creation as a child of God. No longer slave, now you're free. And so this, this thing that everyone has done, Paul is reminding us that in our beautiful, in our passage about this expression of faith, of baptism, that when we were baptized, what does it say? It says, the reason you were all baptized by one spirit is what? So as to form six billion individual Christians? No. The reason you and I were baptized was not just for me to go get that good stuff, for me to be forgiven, for me to be healed, for me to go to heaven, and oh, how great is our God. No, it's so that the same baptism that you experienced, that Justin experienced that two, two, uh, three weeks ago that I've experienced now forms us as one. And this is remarkable. He says, whether Jews or Gentiles or slaves or free. Remember last week I, told, I said, why is, it so, why is this world so painful it's because, and tiring? is because we're tiered. We are, we're segregated. We are determined by how much money you have. We're determined by the color of your skin. We're determined by where you live. We're determined by what kind of degree you have. We're determined by how good of a resource are you to society. And we pay you more because you are better, more contributor. We pay you less because that's... Mean, the world is full of division, but Paul is saying the moment you were baptized, the moment you died with Christ, you resurrected, we became one body. We became the same. The DNA, the new creation that we talked about last Sunday is not just an individual thing. It is a becoming a community, a body together. The part of the new creation that I began talking about last week, again, it's not just that now I am now eternally righteous and perfect in God. But the part of the new creation that God made you is that now you're incorporated and you're made one with other believers. 
to form the body of Christ. That's what's important for us. Yes, I know we've, we've been relegated to online services, but it is so important for us to remember there's more that completes our Christian life. It is like we are gathering together in one place to become one heart, to become in one in mind. This is repeated in Galatians chapter 3, the idea that Paul, Paul, we read in our passage, he says, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. Because believe it or not, in 2 Corinthians, right, they were divided on the fact that I think I'm a better Christian than you, right? I was baptized by this pastor who did four miracles. No, no, no. I was baptized by this pastor who, was, who did 13 miracles. I was baptized by this pastor who saw Jesus in the flesh. I, saw, I was baptized. So this kind of thing is so flesh. It's so worldly. That what we're seeing happening in America is just a simple glimpse of the darkness of, of sin and hatred and the dysfunction that is in each one of us. There is no hope for this country. There is no hope for the world unless we die with Christ and we resurrect Christ into something new. And verse 27 says, For all of you who are baptized into Christ, have clothed yourself with Christ now. Therefore, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. The new creation that you are and I am now by the resurrection of Christ is something that the world cannot categorize. It's something beyond the divisions of the world. How much the world right now is suffering. When you talk about Jew or Gentile, that's racism. When you talk about slave nor free, that's economic division. Male and female, we understand that as right now what's happening with the whole idea of gender uh, issues that are going on. All of that is worldly. All of that is flesh. But God is saying, be free from that. You are now one in Christ. In Jesus. One body, one people of Christ. It's a beautiful thing because this becoming body of Christ, this becoming new and one in Christ, is a gift of God. What the world is right now trying to fight, you know, we're raising funds for this party, we're raising funds for this party, so we're trying to, you know, quote-unquote, heal the country, unify the country. It's not working. God says, I'm giving it to you for free. Just as your righteousness, your forgiveness was a gift, Becoming the body of Christ, becoming united in Christ was also a gift that you received the moment you received Christ and you believed. So the body of Christ, also called the church, is God's gift to us. What is the body of Christ? What is this thing that we're doing? Is What we're doing is this is a place of peace. It's a place of love that the world will never reach apart from being baptized into the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. As much as your own forgiveness, healing, and eternal life, and being made new as a gift, this identity God wants to give of peace and love, he wants to give to all of us as we're baptized. But this time, together, we're made new. So if you think about it, when we talked about us being the new creation of Christ, Paul reminded us that God wants to reconcile us. We get that, right? All of us, we're so thankful that we can freely enter God's presence without any guilt or any condemnation. The moment you sin, you're able to overcome that sin by faith in who Jesus has, what he has done for you. But do you know that being reconciled with God, the 
proof of that is how you reconcile now with others. Now that you have been loved by God, Scripture says, therefore you love. We love because God first loved. We cannot forget this identity that God has given us. Look at John, in John chapter 17, Jesus prayed. Part, uh, part of his last prayer said, uh, his, Jesus talking about the, the, everyone that's going to believe through the disciples. He says, I have given them, the whole world, the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. Jesus, knowing that this world's going to tear each other apart. Since the day one, we've been killing each other. We've been horrifically destroying others, ruthlessly, unjustly abusing people that is part of our human nature jesus knows what will combat that what will destroy that is my glory and what is my glory the ability to make people who cannot be reconciled who it is impossible to become one become one verse 23 how does he do it i in them and you in me god living in us the new creation, the new life. Even though I look the same on the outside, today in the inside, I am a brand new man. And who I am in Christ has been growing, has been expanding. And I get glimpses of that. I get, I get little, little, little signs of that in the flesh. It says, so that they may be brought to complete unity. This is God's end game. This is God's way, plan A of salvation and evangelism. evangelism because it says, then... The world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. I think this makes so much sense. When the world looks at the world as so divided and, and people hate each other and people are so selfish and so violent. If the world looks at the church and still sees the same thing happening, they're not going to believe in God. They're not going to believe that God loves them. But if the church, the body of Christ is different, they'll be like, I need this. Whatever made this possible, I want to be included. And the good news is you are already included by his death and resurrection. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. So therefore, in our passage, Paul lists examples of what being opposite of being one is like. If you remember what we just read, for example, in, 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 um, in, in, uh, I didn't actually write it down, but the examples that he gave was, imagine if the hand that says to the feet and says, why do you look different? Why are you down there, right? Get off, right? Get out of here, right? That's kind of what the world is doing right now. We don't understand how we're hurting our own selves by pointing the gun at the other person, right? But that's exactly what is what is happening, what can't even happen in the body of Christ when one part, when the thigh says, you are taking up too much space, so the ham hamstrings decide to take over, right? Or he says, what if the lung, right? The lung you cannot see and it's not getting, you know, recognition, tells the eyes or, or the nose, you know, you know what, since you're more important, since everyone looks at you and everyone praises you, I guess I'm just going to leave. I'm just not going to be part of the body. It doesn't work like that. The whole body must work together. Look what he says. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And the thing is, everyone that is here in the body of Christ, we're so different, and we are so created with different purpose and different gifting. And sometimes it's things that we in our nature do not accept, but God is saying, I put it on, on purpose. Because if they were all one part, where would the body be as it is? There are many parts, but one body. Finally, 
What is the purpose? Why did God, when God raised us out of that, out of that grave with Christ, why didn't God just you know, say, good, good for you. Now you just wait to go to heaven. Why did God bother to put us to say, work in the body of Christ, work through difficulties, work through the people, work, work and serve people that aren't servable, that you don't understand, that you don't like. This is the reason why God wants us to be one body. He says, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Every part of the body, right? This is so different. The world, again, they tear you, right? They judge you by, again, how much money you have, where you're from, what school you went, what job you have, what color you have, what, how tall you are. All of these things, we, we know what it is to, like, to walk in the world and realize, oh, I guess that's how much I'm worth, right? God is saying, no, 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 no. I don't want that. I want to replace that with a reality, a community where there is no division, where each part has the equal value because all of us, have been baptized by the same Spirit of God. This being new creation for me, uh, whenever I, just like all of you, all of us, you know, as we're living this life, I know all of us have an intention to want to follow God and to do good. But many times when we fall and we recognize still we are so weak in our flesh, it could be so discouraging, right? And, and this is something that I realized recently as I've been talking about the new creation, believing by faith who I really am, not seeing myself according to the flesh. As I was there, as I was just reminded of, of my failures, of my uh, shortcomings, as I sat there, I said, Lord, what do I do? I thought I was better than this, right? But then the Lord said, Ingwan, you don't have to look far away. Look within who you really are. Faith is regarding yourself as Dead in Christ and new in Christ. But this is something, and I, I got so much comfort. I was like, wow, Lord, I realize that though on the outside I may fall and I may stumble and I may sin and I may, Lord Jesus, God, be, be frustrated and disappointed in myself. The only hope I have is that within me is who I really am. And by faith, as I look beyond my sin to who I am, I can praise you, God, and I can step up right away. I can stand up again and walk in that righteousness. As, 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 uh, we, we, as Becca was praying earlier that, yes, it's already in our mindset that many times we cannot see who we really are. But I realize there's a greater comfort in this message that we are one body. Because the truth is, no longer do I struggle with my issues or my weakness on my own. God has given us this body of Christ. So together, we are able to now re remind each other, when you are in despair and you wrestle with your failures and mistakes, you're no longer on your own. You should not be on your own. A hand that's hurt does not just on its own try to figure out what's wrong. It goes to the rest of the body where the nutrients and the whole body supplies where the hurt is. And together, each part, it says, when one part is suffering, we suffer with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. That is the only hope. And that's what the world needs to see, that there's truth in this, that the gospel is not just an individual improvement plan, an individual successing, succeeding in life, but it's the body of Christ, the community coming together. Therefore, Paul reminds us, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. How beautiful are each one of us. 
as we're the body of Christ. Friends, this is what makes us God's community. We have common unity in Christ because each one is a new creation. Each one of us is righteous. And when one part suffers, one part stumbles, we don't look at the foot that's bleeding and say, well, good luck, right? Something so damaging that this pandemic has done to us more than physical is the fact that we're so separated. We're so used to now being stuck in our own and we're literally dying, segregated. But the Lord said, wants to help us come back. I close with this exhortation from Ephesians chapter 4. Taking all of that in, now Paul says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Think, ask yourself, how can I as a Christian, as someone who's a disciple of Jesus, be worthy to bear the name of Jesus? Think about it in your head. What can you do, right? This is what Paul says. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. He says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. What Paul is saying is you already have it. Just like you're already righteous, and when we sin, we repent, and we say, Lord, I thank you for the righteousness that you already gave me, the forgiveness that you already have. By this, I now choose to live in righteousness. In the same way you do that individually, Paul is saying now that you are united already in Christ, made perfect. Keep that unity. Make every effort. If that means for you to join the praise team, so we could continue the unity. If that means you join the ushers, if that means you join 3T, if that means you join the council, if that means that you just are here praying with us, do whatever you can to keep the unity of the Spirit. That's how you make your calling in Jesus worthy. What that means is if you're not making effort to make the body of Christ be one, to, to work out, to, to if one part is uh, suffering, to go and carry their uh, burdens, you are not living in a worthy manner of the grace that you have received. Because again, Paul reminds us there is one body, not saying that there will be one body. You are already one body. You don't take your own, own body and cut it off and, and, and damage your own body if you're truly a sane person. In the same way, remember that you have one spirit just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. If you can remember this, if you can celebrate this, if you can live it, the world will soon realize I want to be part of that one. Again, in our passage, for we were all baptized. It was done. It was something that happened. The moment you believed in Jesus, you took his death and his resurrection as your own. But never forget, that means that you are now part, formed into the one body of Christ. And the question is, what can I do to make the body of Christ beautiful? What can I do with my gifts, with what I have? How can I make the body of Christ be worthy, be glorious? Making every effort to keep the unity in Christ is the work of the church. As Jesus said, may they be in, one, in me and I in them so that I've given them the glory that they may become one. Friends, I, uh, at this time, I want to ask us to all stand. Um, as the praise team comes, I want to remind us that this is where it all ties in together. Jesus has shown us how we can keep this unity. It is the way he's shown us of forgiveness. 
It's the way he's shown us of serving. It's the way he has shown us to activate the greatest command to love. The world, by this, the world will know you're my disciples if you love one another. See, it all makes sense. We're not saying that I am never, Christianity was never about receiving righteousness for the sake of me. It was so that through my becoming new, the body of Christ, which will be for the whole world, can become strengthened. So pray with me in this time. God, I stand before this message and I want to reflect on how selfish I have lived. Though I have been super blessed, though I have been, Lord, just changed, Lord God, I have been so lazy. And thanks to the pandemic, Lord God, it was, it was validated. They told me to stay isolated. They told me to stay home. But Lord, that's temporary, Lord. That's against the work of God. Because there are still people who are still isolated in darkness. And they're looking for an oasis. They're looking for a place where peace is possible. They're looking for a place where reconciliation is true. There is no other place like that in the world except the body of Christ. Lord, help us understand this part, important aspect of our Christian faith. It is so important that we build the body of Christ together. That we give equal concern to every part of the body, that there is no division in the body, in our heart, in our attitude, in our words, and in our spirit. But when there is perfect love, Lord, there is no fear in that gathering. Lord, it's no longer about how big the church is. It's about how close we are. And I thank you for my brothers and sisters who are here, but let us hear that call to answer to you, Lord. Thank you that you have made us one. What can I do? to make this body beautiful, Lord. Bring resurrection power upon this community, Lord, upon the many churches all across the world who are tested. Their bond of unity was tested. Their bond of love was tested. Help us to now do it in a different way. Lord, I have seen my ability to love and to serve run dry but I'm thankful Lord that who I am in Christ is not like that and I want to live in that keeping the unity person power that you have made me to be Lord so use me use us in this time I want us to sing this song um, as a prayer before God (sighs) for this is his dream this is God's dream that we become one for the sake of the world Let's sing this together. Father, we ask you.